Shalom Alechem. Peace be unto you. Welcome to the Breath of Life podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Butch Deer, and I am here today with a very dear friend and mentor who's going to be our co-host, Pastor Rick Struckle from Piketon, Ohio. We're going to be uh, teaching here for uh, several, several podcasts, uh, the Hebrew Essentials or the Jewish Roots of Jesus, kind of a beginner's guide to the Jewishness of Jesus. Um, we, I got into the study of, of Jewish Roots uh, probably about 20 years ago, and uh, you know, I was pastoring a church where the people really didn't like me much, and uh, I, I asked God, I said, God, there's got to be more to you than I know, and lo and behold, my co-host here, Pastor Rick, gave me a brochure that said, Welcome to the Jerusalem Conference, Little Rock, Arkansas. If that makes any sense to anyone, because it didn't make any sense to me. But uh, I went, Pastor Rick introduced it to me. Uh, I went, I heard scholars, they fried my brain, but I stuck with it, and I'm so glad I did. And that's how I got started in, in studying the Jewishness of Jesus. And I'm going to ask Pastor Rick if he'd share his story with us. Well, first of all, I want to thank you, Pastor Butch, for allowing me to be part of the podcast today. And anytime we talk about the Bible, I'm always excited, as you know. Oh, amen. And when it comes to the Hebraic essentials and the important things to deepen our study, our walk with God, and what I think is, is really important, that the church is equipped and prepared for the times because God's Word is unfolding before our eyes. Amen. And we've been given the Rock HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, to teach us and to guide us into all truth. Uh, the body is coming to maturity. The stones are coming together. We're, we're coming into a spiritual house of worship. And it's essential to understand what the writer of the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, said that he was making both groups two into one, basically Jew and Gentile, and one house in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to understand uh, from those who are the guardians of the Scripture, the Jewish people. And the followers of Jesus, and particularly the apostles who took the message of the kingdom and was then in informing all those who came to Christ of how important it is to uh, understand Torah, the prophets, the Psalms, because embedded in it is the message uh, that's, that is necessary for this day and hour that we can be uh, fulfilling, as the Bible says, until we all attain to the unity of faith Amen. and the knowledge of the Son of God to the full stature that belongs to Christ. Amen. But but you grew up in the Catholic Church, correct? Absolutely. I was born and raised Catholic. <laughs> but you had an encounter with God. Yes, I did. And, you know, for me as a Catholic, the term born again was not a term that was ever used in the church. I went through my necessary catechism and went and took my sacraments. You know, I, I was baptized uh, uh, as, a, as a baby. I had my first Holy Communion, my confirmation. I did everything I was told to do. And I have to tell you, Pastor Butch, I thank God for the Catholic Church because it taught me to fear God, taught me the commandments, and I had a love for God. But there's something I didn't realize, and that came later. Uh, in my profession, I was in financial planning, estate planning. I used to travel, and I had a lot of time in the car. And um, 
this may sound weird to some people, but I'm only going to tell you what happened to me. I would be traveling along the road and I would hear this voice. I don't know if I'd say it was audible or not, but I kept hearing it. When I come to a certain uh, place on the highway, you're going to come to me and be a Christian. You're going to come to me and be a Christian. And one day as I'm, I'm traveling to my sister to have lunch, I was at that same spot and I heard that voice again and I stopped the car and I said, uh, I don't know what it means to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or to be born again, but God, I want you in my life. And for whatever reason, it's like the Apostle Paul said, like scales drop from us. I, I had a counter with the Lord. Amen. It was powerful. It was divine. I knew it. And you know, there was no just as I am there. There was no altar there. It was just me and God. And he touched me and I was so excited. This is the miracle of the new birth. I tell people, if you know these things, you've experienced a miracle. I went immediately down to my sister's house and I said to her, I said, you're not gonna believe this, but I think I got what they call born again. She goes, you mean you turned Protestant? Because <laughs> that's all we ever understood. Yeah, yeah. And I said, no, I actually believe I heard God and he manifested himself and my life has been changed. I immediately went down. I never saw a Bible. Never read a Bible, ever, and uh, I, but I knew I needed to get one. And this is the Lord's leading, you know, all the time. And uh, I went down to the Christian bookstore, first time I ever went to one, and I asked him about getting a Bible. And uh, the Nelson uh, Open Bible just came out, a new study Bible, which I have to this very day. Same one. Well, no, this is this is the third one. I've oh, worn okay. two other ones out. Amen. <laughs> But it's the same edition, yeah. Yeah. okay? Thank God for that. Yeah. And uh, they showed me the new, uh, new King James Version, and I read that. And there's nothing wrong with the King James Version, except it was very form in the sentence structure. Yes. And then they had just come up with a new American Standard, and I read that, and it, it just flowed. I bought that Bible. And I, for whatever reason, I immediately uh, asked my family, who was all Catholic, I said, how about if we have a Bible study? Well, they said, Sure. Now, you got to realize, I hadn't read anything. Thank but God you for, had a new Bible. I had a new Bible with studying <laughs> uh, that encyclopedic uh, that sentence. So I knew how to read, and, and I know how to use it as a dictionary. And I was like brilliant compared to those guys. And I led my whole family to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And so I've had this love for the Word of God uh, since I was saved. I've never lost that passion. And I had prayed uh, to the Lord because I needed to be taught. And... Mm. Uh, uh, and uh, lo and behold, there was a friend of mine who I was in business with. I didn't know that, that he knew some uh, men who were born again who went to the Greek Orthodox Church. But man, they knew the Septuagint, they knew the Greek, they knew everything, and they allowed me to come to Bible study. So my education was very informal, and I just continued to grow there and there. However, you know, one thing I wanted to let you know about is I don't know why, but I again, as I look back, I know it's the Lord. I had this desire to want to understand the Old Testament. You know, it was very foreign to me, and uh, and I remember watching uh, Christian television at the time, and there was one guy on there named Joseph Good. He was a Gentile who was teaching Hebraic roots, and he was going over to Passover. And I thought that was the most exciting thing in the whole world. And uh, I, I still have his book to this day. But at that time, in early 1980, uh, there was nobody teaching this stuff. But look at it today, since 1980. What, what do we not find on TV is discussing Hebraic roots, the festivals of the Lord, uh, how many Christians are involved with returning Jews back to the homeland, which is fulfillment of Scripture. Uh, it, it was the Lord led me at the right time for where I think we are today. And that's why I believe so much 
and the significance of Hebraic roots. Amen. So, in in the sometime during the '60s, a Baptist, Spirit-filled Baptist man, minister, went to Jerusalem. His name was Dr. Robert Lindsay. Uh, he started the Church of Narkees. It's still there today. He meets a man named Dr. David Flusser, who's a professor at the Hebrew University. If I've got this right, Dr. Flusser's mother was Catholic. His father was uh, Jewish Orthodox, right? So he's raised in that family. But they get together. They start putting Jesus' teaching into the first century culture and the Hebrew language. And they begin to uh, unearth, we'll say, some of the richness uh, of Jesus' teaching, and then around, oh, I don't know, around uh, 1990, 88, 89, the Berlin Wall fell, mm -hmm. and this Jewish roots movement seemed to really take root. There were like uh, men like uh, uh, Dwight Pryor, Ron Mosley, Randall Booth, David Biven, and Amen. many others. They were like disciples of Lindsay and Flusser. Mm -hmm. And they started writing books. There's a Jerusalem perspective. I, I always use that when I'm searching out a topic. And it, so it just really, really took off. And what I love about it is it's what God is doing today. Amen. You know, we look around the world and there's a lot of chaos in the world. There's, there's a, 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 you know, the world just really needs revival and outpouring of the Spirit. Amen. But... There is a prophetic flow to the Jewishness of Jesus. It is what God is doing in this Absolutely. last hour. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. So um, I, I got started because of that invitation mm -hmm. that you gave me, even though you didn't go with me. I know. You, you had a wedding. I had a wedding. That yep. you forgot about. Uh, yep. And any minister worth his salt has forgot at least one, one wedding. So, but... God is moving. I believe God is preparing a people. You mentioned the one new man in Ephesians chapter chapter 2. Um, are we headed? Do you, do you believe that the Scripture and the Spirit of God is, is about to bring a revival, an outpouring to the earth? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, uh, as you were commenting on those very significant individuals that came out of the Jerusalem Institute uh, of Gospel Research, those were all the men that God put me in contact with. Who really? became my mentors. <laughs> yeah. And so when I was, you know, the Bible says, uh, uh, ask, he'll be given, seek, and you knock. I was praying for this. And then it was through uh, these connections. I met one, uh, Dr. Ron Mosley, who did the work uh, with them, Flusser and them. And, and from there, Dwight Pryor. And then we uh, uh, we go out to the Jerusalem Institute, and there was Dr. Brad Young out there. And so all the people you know today, these were the guys who were really helping me. So the timing was incredible. So as I look back now, uh, I was getting on the ground floor of what God was doing today. Amen. And so, yes, uh, to your question, I believe it is significant. I think it's what the Lord is doing. You know, one of the most important things we talk about is, is learning to flow with the Holy Spirit. And you also got to realize what the spiritual environment is going on around you. And I think uh, one of the things most significant is when you understand the promises made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and particularly 
the promise made to the nation Israel and the history of Israel and the impact throughout the history of Israel and how God promised that in the latter days he would regather them. And, you know, it's very... it's miraculous that no other nation in the history of the world was able to restore itself in the modern time. That's right. And so May 14, 1948, which I think is so significant because Jesus referred to in Matthew 24, talking about the latter day, that he told them, behold the fig tree. And we know from Jeremiah who the fig tree is. That's Israel. And when it begins to bloom, you know, realize uh, his coming is near. And that generation will not pass away until all is fulfilled. I am convinced without a shadow of a doubt that that was the demarcation, the marker that God used, the reemergence of the of the state of Israel that began to release all the timing of the people you talked about, this gospel research and the Hebraic roots of timing is impeccable that we're here today and what God is doing. And we see these events uh, taking place before our eyes. Yeah, I, I know for me... Uh... Studying the Jewishness of Jesus, uh, keeping feast days such as mm-hmm. Passover. Uh, people ask me, you know, uh, are you trying to be Jewish? Yeah. Have you ever, they yeah. ever ask you that they question? They ask me that all the time. Yeah. So I said, no, I'm not trying to be Jewish. I'm well, not trying to put Jew- you under the law. Right? Yeah, trying to put me under the law. That's the next question, you know. <laughs> are you under the law? Uh, no. The reason that I feel like God led me through you, I appreciate it. I really do. You know, we have a love-hate relationship. I share that with you all the time. You know, Pastor Rick has been a great mentor of mine. And uh, I tell him, I, sometimes I love you, sometimes not so much, because he's responsible for keeping me in ministry, you know, and getting me back. He would, he would make me mad sometimes when we would talk, but he would, he would keep me focused and make me think. But as I studied the Jewishness of Jesus, I did have some time where I was thinking, how Jewish do I have to be? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, God spoke to me and said, remember who you are. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, who am I? Well, one, I'm a Gentile. Mm-hmm. Two, I'm a spirit-filled Gentile. Mm-hmm. I am Pentecostal. So remember who you are. So then it was, why am I studying the Jewishness of Jesus? Why am I keeping Passover? There's only one reason for me. I'm trying to grow in my knowledge and Absolutely. understanding of God. That's what it's all about. And, and Dwight Pryor, another mentor, always said the Hebraic renewal, it was God restoring himself as Father. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, and so that, that's why I've studied. Jeremiah 9 says, uh, 23 24, says not the glory in your might or your wealth, but the glory in the fact that you know and understand me. And as you know, no in Hebrew carries the idea of intimacy. Absolutely. Abraham knew Sarah and she conceived. So, and, and I'll tell you, I, I don't know where I'd be without Jewish roots. Absolutely. I might be selling cars or something, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, the Apostle Paul <laughs> uh, really spent much of his ministry trying to explain that qu- uh, question because, as you know, being a Jew, uh, as he was, and then he had the encounter with Christ on Acts chapter 9, and then he's ministering to these Gentiles, and God reveals to him that he had that particular calling, that was his ministry, and he referred to it as a mysterion, a mystery yes, of the yes. kingdom of God. And so when you read, uh, not in a religious sense or a theological sense uh, concerning Paul, but listen to what he's 
explaining from, uh, from the Hebrew scriptures the role. From the beginning of time, God had always planned for all of humanity to be born again and saved. But he cho chose a particular people, Abraham and his descendants, to be the one carrying that message, to being that light, being that witness, that one day a Messiah would come and he would enlarge us that the whole world uh, would come to know Jesus. And importantly as well, as he realized that due to what was promised, uh, uh, in Deuteronomy 27 and 28, that the Jewish people would go astray and the curse would come upon them and they would be scattered to the ends of the earth. And now when we talk about taking this gospel to the ends of the world, it wasn't really just to take every Gentile to, uh, uh, and preach the gospel, but we Gentiles carry the message of Christ and we're bringing those Jewish people back to Messiah. Amen. And the Lord said, we're part of that plan as well. So just in the first century, it was the Jewish people, particularly those who believed in Jesus, who brought the message message of the gospel to us, wouldn't it make sense in God's uh, economy that we Gentiles would be the one taking the message to them to bring them back to their promise and covenant in God? Amen. Amen. You know, Paul, he uses the metaphor of the olive tree mm -hmm. in Romans chapter 11, and he, he, he says that we as Gentiles are the wild branch that has been grafted into the tree and that God will someday graft the natural branch back in the Jewish people, and he, and he tells us, um, he tells us that both, he says, do not boast against the branches. He's talking to the Gentiles. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, uh, Branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. But before he says that, he says, and if some of the branches were broken off, you being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree. I want to ask you your opinion. Obviously, I, I mean, I think the tree is Jesus. Okay, sure. you've got two groups going to be grafted: the Gent the the wild branch of the Gentiles, the natural branch of the Jews. And he says that we are both to partake of the richness and the fatness of the root of that olive tree. Can you expand on what Paul's saying or something? Yeah, what, yeah, what is that yeah, richness of fatness? Yeah, well, I think that one is very important to understand, even though he talks about the uh, root of the tree being, being Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We have to remember we're dealing with a covenant-keeping God. And as far as God is concerned, that covenant, and we, if we understand it pr properly, the, the covenant was made to Abraham and his seed. And Galatians chapter 3 tells us who's that seed. It was Christ. So you're exactly right. Amen. It is Christ Jesus. And that he also said that, that some branches were broken off. Not all. Not all. Some of them were. And we as an olive tree, because that was very uh, understood in Mediterranean world when they grew olive trees, and they knew how they could graft them in, they would take a root. And he's saying that you Gentiles, even though you didn't have covenant in Christ Jesus, you're going to be connected and part of that rich promise of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and so don't become arrogant. And as you know, Pastor Butch, we've had to deal so much for, it goes back a long way, this replacement 
replacement theology. Oh, yes. Somehow God has abandoned Israel. God does not lie. He don't break a covenant. Now, that doesn't mean he's happy with every Jewish person, but you know what? He's not happy with every Christian person either. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, right? <laughs> yeah. Or unbeliever. But thank God we have a merciful God Amen. who loves us and has given us this opportunity. So he says, it's kind of like these branches were broken off, allowing you to come into it. But remember, that covenant goes back to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the seed Jesus. And Jesus is the redeemer of not just the Jews only or of the Christians, but the Bible says of the whole world. Yeah. So we're all candidates to be part of the kingdom of God and the blessing Amen. of God. But, you know, as you read on in that verse, you know, Paul makes it very clear that even though there was some unbelief among the Jewish people in the first century, not everyone's accepted Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean that just because uh, uh, some didn't doesn't mean God has abandoned his covenant or changed his plan. Right. You know, and that Paul was saying, I'm a Jew and I believe and Peter's a Jew and he believes and John's a Jew. There was many. James says there were tens of thousands that believed in Messiah in the first century. So it's not like all of Israel rejected uh, Christ. That's not true. But then he also warned them, which I think is, is the point you're, you're, you're speaking of here, that if it was by their disobedience, and you got to go back to Galatians chapter 32, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 32, about what happened there, that they made God jealous. And as a result, uh, as they made him jealous with foreign gods, he's going to make them jealous with the people that's not theirs. Oh, my. How about that? Amen. Paul is addressing that very yeah, chapter there. Yeah. And so he's saying, so God is going to search for a people that's not a people. He's speaking to us Gentiles. And that somehow God has so coordinated, which I believe before the foundation of the world, how he brings us together, that we are now living in this what appears to be church age. But before it's all over with, and uh, God is going to bring Israel back home. And as Paul said, all Israel be saved. And, 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 and But for us, it says, if their uh, uh, punishment uh, for unbelief was to our benefit, how much more their fulfillment? Yes. And I believe we're going to see even richer things as we are able to share this gospel with both Gentiles and Jews and bring them to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's going to be the richest for all of us. Amen. Amen. Paul actually uses the term... It'll be like life from the dead. Absolutely. I mean, that's like resurrection. Resurrection. You know? Paul, Paul, you're talking about the covenant that God made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, talking to us Gentiles, he says, you were without covenant, without God, and without hope in this world. That's right. But by the blood of Jesus and through the Spirit of God, he's making us one new man. Absolutely. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. We are living in prophetic times. Oh, yeah. You know, the only other time we actually saw Gentiles and Jews really worshiping together was in the first century. Yeah. They were coming together in Christ. And then, as you know, things had happened and the temple was destroyed. And then there was aught in, in the Bar Kokhva revolt that was the parting of the way between those Jewish people who believed in Jesus and the Jews that didn't believe in Jesus. And so for almost 1,700 years, you didn't see 
Messianic Jews and Christians together. And unfortunately, there's a terrible history with Christians and their relationship with Israel. Yes. But now in these last uh, 30, 40 years, there's been a restoration. Oh, amen. And there's a love that we're having for this, the, the, the Israel and the, the role that Israel plays and for us as the believers. So I think God is equipping us with our Hebraic roots that we might become more effective witnesses out of the scriptures to what Paul used to do is he would reason with the Jews from the scriptures that Jesus is Messiah. I think that, that we have to do the same thing and reason with them through uh, through Isaiah and Jeremiah and all the other Old Testament uh, uh, books that Jesus is the Messiah and they can come to him, their Savior and their Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, Acts chapter 3, the Bible says that Jesus is retained in heaven until the restoration of all, all things. things. Absolutely. Now, Paul talks about, here in, in, in Romans 11, Paul talks about the Jewish people coming into a fullness. But he also talks about, over here in verse 25, a fullness of the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. Now, it, it says here in the New King James, fullness of the Gentiles has come in. I'm wondering if, if that's the correct way to interpret that. Because if the fullness of the Jewish people is a revelation... Mm -hmm. Revelation of who Jesus is, couldn't the fullness of the Gentiles be the Jewishness of Jesus and the Hebraic root? I mean, that's just something that's always been in my mind. You know, both groups coming into a revelation and God molding them and, and, and making them one. Yeah, that's a very interesting perspective because... Uh, as I said earlier, the, the history between uh, Jews and Gentiles are not very good. But as I said, within the last 25, 30 years, there's been a restoration. Now, again, I believe that as you quoted that uh, uh, chapter 3 where, uh, where uh, Peter said that Jesus must, must remain in heaven until all is restored what the prophets prophesied. And when you talk about that restoration, that's the question you have to ask. What is God restoring? Well, here in our generation, here's what God has done. He's restored the Jews back to the land of Israel, made them a state again. Amen. I think that's pretty prophetic. Yes. And you, you've you been there many times, and they've actually restored the ancient language back to the people. Yes. How many how many places or people have the ancient language restored to them? It's incredible. And, they, and we have an embassy, a Christian embassy there that brings the goodwill of the church to Israel as well, which is remarkable. And I think it's part of the fullness. And I, I, again, to what you said, I believe that God is restoring to us a lot of the understanding in the scriptures, the prophetic view of God, of God and what's recorded that we're getting acquainted with it, which also we're going to be able to bring that knowledge of Christ that we know so well from the gospels and connect those two together. It says, this is that which was spoken about. Yeah. And they're going to be able to see their Messiah. And I believe there's going to be huge coming in and the body is coming together. God is getting it all Amen. done. Amen. My wife and I were blessed to make a trip here recently. We rented an apartment in Jerusalem. We rode the buses. We rode the train. We visited different, different places. Um, but I can tell you that there are houses of prayer and prayer meetings going on all over Israel right now. Mm -hmm. um, they're Messianic Jews. They're Christian mm -hmm. uh, believers. They're, they are praying. Um, I talked to a, a pastor. He's a, Rus a Russian Jew. Mm -hmm. Pastors the largest Messianic congregation in Israel. Um, and he's saying that, you know, 
the immigrants are coming and they're the ones, you know, they're Jewish and they're coming from Russia and other places, but many of them already believe yes. in Jesus. So yes. they're, they're having an impact Absolutely. On, on Israel. And because of all those prayer meetings, and we were talking about this is something God is doing in these last days. He has restored Israel as a nation. Mm -hmm. He has stored, restored the prosperity yes. of the land. The language, that is unheard of. And he's restored a lot of Christians. He's restored their love for Israel. That's part and of the restoration. That's part of the restoration. But when I mention the prayer meetings, it makes me think of Acts chapter 2, when they were all in one accord in the upper room, and they were all in prayer, and God pours out His Spirit. Amen. I truly believe in another outpouring in Israel and America and around that will affect the whole world. You know, you've got, in the Middle East, right there in Israel, you've got sons of Abraham all around. You've got the sons of Hagar, mm. the sons of Abraham, the sons of Ishmael, descendants of Esau. Mm -hmm. You've got the descendants of Keturah. Uh, one of those was Midian. So in my mind, you've got the world's greatest dysfunctional family. <laughs> but God, I believe God is making some inroads. Absolutely. And people are praying, and I believe he wants to pour out his spirit. Well, I think you're, you're making the point of why this Hebraic Essentials, this broadcast is so important. Because through the study of the Scriptures, you've seen all that happen because the Scriptures prophesied it was going to happen. You see it coming to pass in your own time. Yes. Or throughout history, it wasn't happening. But we're at this moment now that it seems to be coming together. And you know, I, I'm a strong believer in John 17. You know, after that Passover, there was what they called Jesus' high priestly prayer. And he prayed that we would be one as he and the Father are one. Amen. And if anybody's going to get a prayer answered, I believe Jesus <laughs> is going to. Amen. And he was praying for us. And Amen. in that prayer, he said, I don't pray just on those who have believed, but those who have believed through their word, that includes us too. Amen. And so to me, that's important. And he says, sanctify them in the truth. And you know, all the Bible is God's truth. It's not New Testament truth that's truer than the Old Testament. It's all true. But embedded in the text... Are, are God's wisdom, God's teaching and instruction for daily life, but there's a prophetic timetable. And you know as well as I do, the, 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 the festival of, of Passover and Sukkot and, and Shavuot speak of the coming of the Lord. And as you're taught in the Lord, we get some very important insights into what yeah. the Lord is doing. We know we got Passover coming up here in a couple of weeks. And how important, how, how has it changed our life to go through that Passover? Because our Passovers are teaching Passovers. And so many believers did not really know what was going on. They thought right. it was some kind of Jewish thing, you know. Yeah. And here is telling a story yeah. and including all of us and the ultimate return of Christ Jesus. Amen. And Passover, uh, one of our mentors, Dwight Pryor, always said Passover was the greatest love story ever Absolutely. told. Absolutely. You know, uh, it's also... God God being proclaimed as king for the mm -hmm. first time, his kingship being proclaimed. But I fully believe, well, you know, uh, Peter stands up in Acts chapter 2 
and he begins to preach that what they're seeing and hearing. He said, this is proof positive that this Jesus whom you crucified is now seated at the right hand of the Father and has poured out his spirit. Mm -hmm. So he quotes, he quotes from Joel chapter 2. Mm -hmm. But if you read the whole context, all of Joel chapter 2, not just the part uh, where I pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will dream dreams, your old men mm -hmm. will see visions. If you read the preceding verses, this happens after God restores all that the chewing locusts, the flying locusts, the crawling locusts mm -hmm. have destroyed. And he says, my great armies, which I sent among you. Mm -hmm. So when you read it in context, this outpouring is coming after God has restored the land and mm -hmm. the people to the land, yes. like you've been talking about. So it gives me hope that even though we live in a world that seems to be, you know, upside down, yeah. uh, God's going to have his way. He has a plan and a purpose, and I believe that that outpouring is coming. Yes, I, 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 I agree with you about how this world looks up, upside down, but when you're in the Scripture and you're reading the Word of God, God makes sense out of all these things Amen. that are happening. And we know that prophetic verse in the book of Joel, and he talks about where they're, they're going to come to a valley of decision here. And why this is going to come, because they're dividing up God's land. Well, you know, Israel has to be a state before they can divide the land exactly. up. Exactly. And so whether the time we can't go back to 70 AD, so here we are. In 2022, and they're talking about dividing up that yeah. land. And we've seen the events taking place. So we're living in a prophetic vent right now. We're on the precipice, I believe, Amen. of the greatest move of God. So here we can look at Scripture and God telling us, this is how we know. Because he says, it'll be in a latter day. It'll be in a latter day. Well, if that's happening right now, I'd have to say we're there. Amen. Amen. Uh, all I can say is, you know, I know people that, that don't want to talk about end times because... It's scary. scary, yeah. You know, uh, but what's scary about seeing Jesus? You know, the <laughs> and, one, the one who died for us. You know, I, I get excited about that. Uh, no more suffering, no more pain. Right. Jesus comes. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Amen. Moment. Well, Jesus said, He said, when you see these things happen, look up. Look up. <laughs> Amen. For your redemptive jaw of nigh. Look Isn't up. what we're all waiting for? You know, and the Bible also tells us we are sealed in Christ. Nothing could harm us. Amen. And we, gotta, we live by faith and not by sight. And we put our trust in the Lord. But we have to focus on the work we need to do. And yes, we want to keep preaching that gospel. But we're also part of a bigger plan, as we talked about, restoring our Jewish brethren to come to their Messiah and that he's doing something significant. I think the days to come are going to be filled. But you know, you can't pray what you don't know. You can't do what you don't understand. So thy word's a lamp to my feet. It's a light, light to, to my, my path. path. It directs me how to pray. And when I see what God's doing, I'm going, I get it now. I get it now. And so we are effectively uh, continue to enlarging our, our congregation in the sense of their understanding of the role we play in the prophetic work of God. You know, the rabbis said that Messiah is not going to come till they're all returned back in the land. And for years... Our church uh, has had a, uh, a, a loose change offering. And the kids come in and put the money. And what we do is 
Once we get a certain amount of money, we send it to a particular ministry that goes and flies back home, a Jew that wants to come back to Israel. Amen. So we're actually part of a prophetic plan yeah. right now, helping return the Jewish people back to the land so Messiah can come. If there was a way you could bring Jesus back, what would be a great way to do oh, it? That's, that that's one way. That that's be. one way, right? Yeah. I'll tell you a, a quick testimony. We did the same thing at our church in Ironton. We were in a storefront. We were struggling. Uh, and I probably learned it from you about bringing a Jew back. And I decided, well, let's take up an offering. I explained it to everybody. I said, let's take up an offering, you know, because God told Abraham, I'll bless those that bless you. Absolutely. I'll curse those that curse you. And God has stayed true to his word through, through the centuries. So I was just praying that we'd get, I think it was this particular ministry we sent it to, you needed $350. Yes. So I was just praying that we'd get $350. And we got almost $1,100. Wow. So we were able to bring three Jews back to Israel. Six months later, we were able to purchase the church we're now in. Mm -hmm. We were renting in a storefront, yep. and we were able to, to purchase this beautiful church. It doesn't get any more churchy than Church of the King in Ironton. We got all kinds of stained glass windows. <laughs> we've got an altar. I mean, we've got wooden pews. It's a beautiful, right. beautiful church. But God is moving. Absolutely. And one last story, and I'll let you close or give a final comment. When I was in Israel in 2013, I was outside a, a Protestant church. And it was packed all the way up to the back door. And it probably seated. You could probably cram 250 people in there. And I asked the lady there, I said, what's going on there? And she told me, she said, those are Jews worshiping Jesus. Wow. I said, they probably don't want me to take a picture, do they? No, they're afraid you'll post it on social media and they'll be persecuted. Well, in 2018, I was there and I went to a church and... There were Jews worshiping out in the open. Wow. And we got to take our whole tour group and, and worship with them in that church. And so God is moving. Absolutely. You know, sometimes we, if we look at the news, we look at everything going on in the world, you know, we think, man, what is going on? But God is moving. Absolutely. Everything God does is in secret. <laughs> But he's doing it. But he's doing it. He's doing it. Yeah. And we sometimes get shocked. But, you know, if we're, if we're about the Lord's business and knowing what we're doing, we begin to hear these testimonies over and over. Uh, we, we've also heard as well that, uh, you know, the, the sons of Ishmael, that they're having dreams and Jesus is yes. appearing to them in dreams. And I was, I was reading one article where they said there's a man who's got a big billboard and has a picture of Jesus. Says, if you see this man in a dream, call me. I think he's, I think it was the man in white, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think you yeah. can actually get on YouTube and see that yeah. testimony. Yeah. That, that is cool. The, we are All like, the sons of absolutely. Abraham. God is doing it and we need to be focused. And I think we're in a day where, you know, we got to sanctify. We got to set ourselves apart Amen. for the work of God. We have a mission. You know, when you think about it, what other reason are we here? I don't think Jesus wants us to be here so we could just kind of retire and go someplace and lay on the beach the rest of our life. You know, there's no retirement in this army. Oh, that's right. We, we want to bring this to a conclusion. I want to bring this age to the conclusion. I want to usher in the presence of Jesus Christ Amen. because that's the prize. 
That's the glory Amen. and that's the hope. And we have a role to play as it, as it relates to the nation of Israel and its prophetic uh, 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 promises in the last days. And the more we uh, allow ourselves to be taught in the word of God and pray effectively and participate in this, I, I believe the blessing of God and the riches of Christ comes to us as Amen. well. Amen. Amen. Well, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us on this podcast. Our next podcast will be in approximately a week, and I believe we're going to discuss the importance of Passover. So God bless you, and may God keep you until next time.